Oh, welcome to a very special bonus Purple Insider episode, the Birthday Bros episode. Ken Carmen from Cleveland, 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland, and I are born not only on the same date on the calendar, but the exact same day. And a year ago or so, I told you we needed to do an episode to celebrate our birthday where we get together, talk about how great we are, and football. So hello, Ken, and happy birthday to you. Well, it's good to talk to you, and happy birthday to you, even though that's probably... uh, Is that like bad is that like hacky for us to say happy birthday to each other even though it's both our birthdays no way it's our on day. the same day literally the same day the same happy, age yeah. you're a few years old you're a few hours older than me i'm That's at five o'clock it. in the morning you're at nine o'clock yeah. in the morning so you well, know. I'm, I'm not well half a day i should say because you're if you're 5 a.m and I, I was nine at night oh nine at night i was okay. in the p.m okay. yeah. oh I am much older than you then. And please respect me for that reason. Uh, you got a foot in the grave compared okay. to me. There we go. <laughs> Look, when you get to be my age in several hours, <laughs> you'll find out. And so uh, I want to start the show by talking about what football players are born on our birthday. But okay. I also want to talk to you about the Cleveland Browns. The Vikings are playing the Browns. And the last time we talked, when we set up this birthday bros episode, we you were asking me about OBJ being traded there, which yeah. he's not here. You got Justin Jefferson and said, you got a really good LSU wide receiver and set instead. But I do want to relive that in a second, but first, fine, go ahead. Let's the do it. Best football player born on our birthday is Bobby Wagner. Happy birthday to Bobby Wagner. He turns 30 uh, DJ Hayden, Jonas gray and eh? uh, Jordan Hicks, the linebacker, Bakari Rambo, though. So we have someone hey, who's really cool. Name. I always like Bakari Rambo. Yeah, Bakari Rambo. Now I like him a little more. So there's a, so Bobby Wagner, though. We got a Hall of Famer. I think we're good. That's all there is. That's all the ones that all are born is. on our birthday. That's all that is are that listed. in the history of the NFL. Uh, this is just famousbirthdays.com. I did not go through every player's birthday in NFL history. Uh, so okay. I'm just trusting this website. I mean, uh, it's full do you have a better strategy? <laughs> the only other people I know who have Johnny Benson, the NASCAR driver, is was born on June 27th, and I can't remember anybody else. I've got two more that are pretty good. Uh, Helen Keller, legend, and uh, Jeff Conine, Mr. Marlin. Hey! Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, but come on. All right. Okay, good. I'll take that. Helen oh, Keller is oh. an inspiring story. Okay. Inspired me. That's, yeah, it's great. Um, a Kardashian, too. That's, we just, we don't Car- Which that. one? Uh, I think it's Chloe. Is she a good one? I know nothing about really? them. Yeah. Uh, Chloe is, uh, well, if Tristan Thompson would stop running around on her, Chloe's, Chloe's great. Okay. Which I don't know. I, I mean, I blame him the first few times. And then after like three times, like, Come on, ma'am. I mean, he's he's just a he's no good. He's no. I know you want to make it work. I know you got kids together, but you, he he's just a dog. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. And she wouldn't ask me, but I'm just saying, if if she were to ask me, I'd say he's a dog, man. You got you're you're worth something better. You need to go out and find somebody who's going to respect you. I mean, I think that being that you're a Cleveland host, he's a Cleveland player, that you have authority to tell her what she should do in terms of dating. Uh, Ross Perot, also born on our Wow, God rest his soul, Ross Perot, the man who gave Bill Clinton the election. (laughs) Wow, Ross Perot. That's a powerful man. He influenced a huge election. 
Hey, hell he, yeah. He, okay. I mean, We're maybe, maybe in a way he guided us in our media endeavors because he used to have those TV specials that, <laughs> that would run for like an hour of Ross Perot just sitting in a chair and talking to no one. Anyway, well, like you said, some people voted for him, but let's talk about football <laughs> before this goes in a weird place as if it already hasn't. Um, let's talk about those. Hey, Amanda, I'm sorry. I want to say Amanda Bynes played him on all that. What? Back in the day. Look it up. See if I'm right. All right. <laughs> okay. I know Dana Carvey might have. I know. Well, no, he played George W. Bush. I forget who played Ross Perot, but. I think it was Amanda Bynes who played him on, on the Nickelodeon show, all that back in the day. Okay. Uh, I, I, there, there is a screenshot here, so I'm just going to assume that you are right. Okay, good. Um, okay. That's some, so, that's some trivia for you. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's okay. I'm holding you back. That's okay. I'm holding no, you back. This is, this is, was meant to be off the rails. It's by design. So uh, let's talk about those o, o, uh, Odell Beckham rumors. What happened? Why isn't he a Viking? Why wasn't he traded here? Because um, they want to work it with, work it out with him. That's why they want to make sure he's. They want to. They they traded a first round pick, and he's got talent. It's it's been a difficult road road to hoe, and it's tough because of his injuries. But you know, he's still at his top now. I don't know. He's going on what twenty eight years old now, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, it's it's just been it's been a bit of a struggle. I think that you know year one. Freddie Kitchens and Todd Munkin were fighting so much they didn't know what to do with him. Year two, there was still a lot of usage with him. But a lot of that usage, you know, people go, well, Baker focuses on him too much. Okay, yeah, in year two, but they really got a lot out of him in those first couple of years. The yardage wasn't necessarily fantastic, but that game against the Cowboys was beautiful. The game against the, the, the Bengals in week two after they got their asses handed to him in week one in Baltimore – you know, that was fantastic. So there, I think that they see some light at the end of the tunnel. And right now, I mean, what is, what is, what is good value? He's come back from an injury. He's obviously very motivated. He needs to be very motivated. I mean, I think people do not talk about him amongst the, the great wide receivers of the league. I think more people are more than willing to talk about your young LSU wide receiver mm -hmm. than our uh, veteran LSU wide receiver. And I think that that bothers him. It would bother me. He's a proud man. Um, and it should bother him. So I, I think that he is, he is right now at a crossroads in his career. And I think that they want the very best out of him and they're going to get the very best out of him because if they were to trade him this year, it's pennies on the dollar. He can't request a, a better contract because it's right now, I hate to use the term damaged goods, but that's what he would be compared to the rest of the league. Now, a lot of people look at him and say that there's talent there. And they look at the Browns and say, well, they can't find Tom. Baker focuses too much on him. Well, that bothers me, and I think it bothers Kevin Stefanski. I think Kevin Stefanski thinks that he can get the most out of him. So this is the year. This is a sink or swim year, and it has crossed my mind many times over. It makes me nervous, but it has crossed my mind many times over. All right, what do I do week four if it's not working a month into this football season and he's focusing on him and Baker's not looking great? And who knows what's happening with his with his contract by that time, Baker's contract. Am I going to be ready to face that music from listeners who there's people here who do do believe that they believe that that he is a problem on this offense and that the Browns are better off without him. So it it concerns. It's just something I'm nervous about. That's all. But he really needs to fit into the offense. And I think he knows that. 
But isn't this like a long time football trope with number one wide receivers? The quarterback just throws to him too often. This was a Kelvin Johnson thing. You know, who's going to be better is Matt Stafford after Kelvin Johnson leaves. Like, no, probably not though. And now the, the problem would only be if Odell Beckham can't play like Odell Beckham used to be able to play. And then you're treating him as if he is that superstar wide receiver. I think you can yeah. get a gap there, but I also look at the group of wide receivers that Cleveland had last year and you go there outside of Landry. There's a bunch of meh here and there, there's not a whole lot of guys who can win a one-on-one route and get open and make a special play. And the idea that you are worse off with a potentially great player or even a very good player, as opposed to, whoever guy being thrown out there. I've just never bought into that under any circumstance. But I I think that also, and I agree with you totally, but I think a lot of fans, I think that they, I I think that they, they buy into the team concept football. You know, a lot of people pay attention to high school football here. And so they think that it's, it's gotta be team concepts and it's a run first football team too. So people, people think they need Nick and they do. People know they need Nick Chubb and they know they need Kareem Hunt and they know they need their offensive line. And they look at wide receivers as kind of a addition. And I think a lot of fans see wide receivers as guys who should be seen and not heard. And Odell has a tremendous following on social media and he's a big, big star as in outside of football. I think now by pundits, he's being questioned, but outside of football, he's always been a tremendous star. And for older football fans for for fans who are in the midwest that seems to rub people the wrong way some of those fans the wrong way for 20 somethings who are from cleveland they love them for kids they love them i love them. i'm a big fan of odell beckham jr i wanted it to happen the first time i ever heard it i was so blown away by it but i wanted to speak it into existence so i got what i wanted and i, I really want this thing to work out You're right in the terms of the other wide receivers, but for fans, it's weird because Rashard Higgins, they love Rashard Higgins. Chris Collinsworth summed it up in one sentence in the, in the playoff game against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, when he just was like, Chris Collinsworth, I know people go up and down in their opinions of him. I like Chris Collinsworth enough. I respect Chris Collinsworth to know that he knows what he's talking about. Like sometimes I'm like, but I respect what he's saying at all times. And when he's going, you know, here's a guy who in that fast doesn't run a great ride. I mean, he's just kind of, <laughs> but he's like, finds a way to get open. And that's what Richard Higgins does. And Donovan Peoples Jones is a six round pick who really lost his way at Michigan. And I think that he is point blank, a problem, the problem with Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, but that's a totally different conversation. Donovan Peoples-Jones has speed, has talent, six-round pick, makes plays now for the Browns. A couple of big plays here and there for the Browns. Uh, He made a nice play against Tampa Bay. He made a nice play against Tennessee, made a real nice play against Tennessee. And then, you know, he had that game-winning catch down in Cincinnati where he turned around and made a great, great play on the ball. So there's young guys there that because they flash and they make plays, and Jarvis is a dog that goes for every single every single ball fans well we can we can go without him and we can get help on defense with without obj we can trade obj we get help on defense we can trade obj we get help on our offensive line that's that's 13 and a half million dollars or whatever it is 15 17 i forget what the actual number is 
that we can get rid of with OBJ, even though it's still a huge cap hit for this year, we can get rid of that for OBJ and we can, we can bring in younger, like people think that way. And maybe next year it might be true, but this year the money's already basically spent. There's not a whole lot you can do. You might as well see if it's going to work out this year. If he has a good year this year, maybe that's it. We only get one premium year of OBJ, but I'll, I'll take one. I would like to have three, but it, I'll take one other than zero. But also in a year that there are actually expectations on the Cleveland Browns. Imagine, right? I mean, not just expectations of, Hey, you know, these Cleveland Browns, they might be plucky this year, but legitimate Vegas thinks you're a Super Bowl contender, Cleveland Browns. I've got to imagine the last time Vegas said that the Cleveland Browns were a contender was going into like the 95 season or something, right? I mean, it's been such a long time and that adds to how interesting the Odell Beckham conversation is because he plays an integral role in that when you're trying to do the formula we all do, which is add up. Okay, how good can they be? How many teams can they beat? Let me fill out the little W's and L's next to their name on the schedule, right? I mean, I think it's maybe a little bit of a different formula if he's great or he's just okay or he's awful, right? It, I, I think that he's like a swingman to this team, not the determining factor whether they could be good, but to, to be able to take their offense to even another level in terms of passing efficiency. Yeah, I, 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 I've asked... A bunch of times, you know, what's a good season for Odell statistically, especially with a 17th game, you know, it was 1,200 yards okay for Odell. In in New York, no, he didn't have, I mean, who did he have? He had the kid from Oklahoma. I can't think of his name now. You had, what, one year of um, – It was Sterling Shepard maybe? Yeah, you had, you had Sterling Shepard for a season. You had, did he have one year of, um, God, the guy went to, what, didn't he go to Hofstra? Now all uh, Victor, Victor Cruz still hanging Victor around. Cruz, Judas Priest. He had what? you had a couple years of that, but then he got hurt. Victor Cruz did. Uh, he's always been the number one and Eli had to throw to him. And they, those were not really good teams. I mean, the playoff once, the playoffs once, and then that, that folded. And that was a good regular season for them. If you have 80 snaps, Adini Kinkawala said this to us, and I thought that this was, this really was succinct. If you have 80 snaps, you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. How many, how many snaps are those guys going to get? So you're going to have, uh, with, with those two players, you're probably looking at 35 to 40 snaps that, or, that you're going to them, targets, right? So that's half the offense. Then you have Austin Hooper. Well, that's 7 to 10 right there. Then you have Jarvis Landry. Because of the routes he runs and because he can be an escape mechanism, that's going to be seven to 10 as it is right there. So all of a sudden you're chewing up a whole lot of that offense. And if OBJ is covered as the number one wide receiver, there's going to be, there's going to be opportunities, but you're going to have to make the most of those opportunities. And I think that was the problem a little bit with Freddie and Todd Munkin. And I think that might've been a little, a little bit here and there, but I thought it was better. A little bit of the problem with what happened uh, even last year leading up where you got to find ways to get him involved in an offense that is really predicated on lining up and running the football. And I think that that's what they're going to be again this year too. With uh, Kevin Stefanski, I went on your station. I don't know if it was your show. It was definitely your station. And I kind of laid it all out there when you hired Kevin Stefanski. I think you got stolen from us. I, I think thought so. we were going to have you and you got stolen from yeah. us by Baskin and Phelps. That's right. That's right. Sorry about that. Uh, but I remember talking about 
this is a guy that the Vikings ownership wanted to hire. And if they hadn't won playoff game in New Orleans, Kevin Stefanski would have been the head coach of the Vikings. And my perception of him here was that he is one of the most highly regarded assistant coaches for his path and for even how he handled a little bit of a tricky situation. In fact, a very tricky situation in 2019. You had very angry Stefan Diggs. You had Mike Zimmer demanding that they run the football, not suggesting, but demanding that they run the football. You have Kirk Cousins, who has his own set of issues at times. And the way that he managed that to be a top offense and win a playoff game, uh, I think impressed everyone even further. And then he goes to Cleveland and wins coach of the year. Um, are they building a Kevin Stefanski statue yet? I mean, this, this, he, well, he does know something about expectations though, having been in Minnesota before where yeah. there were a lot of years where they were expected to be very good. I think, uh, He's been a breath of fresh air in a lot of ways because I, I like Freddie as a guy. Freddie's great, but I I basically said Freddie is if they would name me the head coach of the football team. Like Freddie tried really hard and they won games because they had more talent than anybody, but I don't know if I could point to a game and said that was because Freddie's coaching. I think you can still point to a lot of games where this team came in where you knew they had talent, but they had very little confidence in themselves. There was nobody who had confidence in them. Uh, nobody have when when people outside of you don't have confidence in your quarterback, it's going to be very hard for him to lead. I think he organically became a leader this year, naturally. However, we want to put it. Maybe I'm trying to sound too smart there. And I think Kevin Stefanski really calmed that down. And I thought it was interesting to look at, you know, where Kevin Stefanski is with with Baker Mayfield and Kirk Cousins, because you go back to Kirk Cousins' years. This last year, if I'm not mistaken, his numbers are better. His his throwing yards are is his, are are his yards better? So it's been a couple of months since I've looked. So I yeah. want to make sure it, I, I look at a lot of different crap because I thought his numbers were were and I, hey I heard what Jay Gruden said. It's a sour grapes. I'm not sure. I have no idea. Um, but you know I I heard what he said. That doesn't bode well for for Kirk Cousins. But when I see you know some suppressed passing stats for Kirk Cousins. And I look at Baker Mayfield and I see suppressed passing stats for him. And I see an offense get to an off to a playoff game. And I see another offense get to a playoff game. I see Case Keenum get to a playoff game. Now I know he wasn't the offensive coordinator at that time, but I, I saw Case Keenum get to a playoff game. Like there's something that that sticks with you where it's it's okay to take care of a quarterback. It's okay to do that type of thing. So I do draw and have to draw a lot of parallels between Kirk Cousins and in Baker Mayfield here with Kevin Stefanski. The only thing I would say is a criticism or a fear would be his, it was between him and Robert Sala in 2019. They went out to San Francisco, got beat pretty good, didn't they? Vikings did. Yep. Yep. Okay. I want to make sure I got my years right and everything. And I went, I thought about that even today during the show, because I thought, you know, we, we brought him up and I, I said, you know, there's, there's one thing that, you're going to have to worry about that playoff game made a lot of people nervous about Kevin Stefanski. And then when he, when he got hired, people were like, you know, we got the guy who got his ass kicked by San Francisco and then he, the season was great. He was wonderful. And then in Kansas city, it still seemed to be a bit tight. Mm -hmm. And so many people will say, well, you have to be tight. You have to be tight. You have to, you have to keep away from, from Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes is that offense is great. That makes sense. 
but a lot of people wanted to come out and gun with him. That was the pregame stuff that mm -hmm. people were saying. The second thing is, is that when you when you end the end the game with Jarvis having seven catches for twenty yards, were you being too tight? Were you, were, or should I say, were you being too conservative to the point you played tight? Which one was? And I think that they went into that situation. I'm kind of glad that they're starting the season in Kansas City because that's going to be 70-plus thousand fans. It's going to be loud. It's going to be boisterous. I thought the moment was very big. I thought that they rose to the occasion over the course of the game, certainly. But I thought that that moment was very big and almost got away from them at the very beginning. Like, we're playing Kansas City. This is defending Super Bowl champions. We're on the road. And it's not Kansas City as we know Kansas City, but it's still a, a big-ass deal. And I think that they're going to be able to go there week one, might not go our way, but at least they're going to get that experience and then they can try to go down the line because there's still a team that has to do a lot of learning here. Very young still. There also is the point of if Kansas City gets called for the right penalty, maybe you win the game, but you know, those type of situations would never happen in Cleveland where there's like a thing that goes wrong and you just don't win because it made it, it so much worse <laughs> that the guy's nickname is dirty Dan. Like if you had, if it was clean, Dan, all American Dan, that's fine. But they're going oh, dirty Dan Sorensen. I'm going, this, what is this? Would this, never do that. WCW? Man, yeah. What are we doing here? Yeah. Yeah. So there was that. And then now where Stefanski, I thought made the mistake and this could be lack of playoff experience a little bit or whatever is, there was a fourth down that he needed to go for and decided not to do it. And uh, that would be where you'd sort of say, man, that conservative nature that you're talking about, you kind of got to take that risk there. But then again, maybe you didn't expect Chad Henney to run for a first down. I, I don't yeah. know. That's well, one of those that you one, could debate. He had another play that, that I felt he should, a lot of people felt he should have challenged before he didn't challenge. And then it seemed like right after, was it right after it was later on, he threw a challenge, and I thought that that was because of the last challenge that he missed. I thought he made an emotional challenge. He got that and from he's Zimmer. Not a very emotional, yeah, he's not a very emotional guy. Maybe he thought he'd yeah. roll the dice and get an advantage. I don't know, but it didn't seem like a very good didn't seem like a very good time to throw that challenge. And I think it's because he knew he should have thrown that challenge flag a few a, about a quarter earlier, didn't do it, and then ran into trouble there. You know, the difference, though, between Baker Mayfield and Kirk Cousins and, uh, you know, that San Francisco game, the, the issue with Kirk Cousins is if you take away Delvin Cook, if your defensive line is good enough to take away from Delvin Cook and you force Kirk Cousins into a drop back game, it's just kind of over. We've seen this a bunch of times. Every time they play Chicago, it's like Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks just they slow down Delvin Cook and then they can't really run play action off of it. That was the difference to me from what I saw from Baker in that playoff game versus what I've seen from Kirk cousins. And when you're mm -hmm. trying to even evaluate, do you pay Baker Mayfield going forward? I would factor in what I saw in that playoff game because it was kind of on Mayfield's shoulders to play the drop back game and come from behind. And he made throw after throw in that game. That was something that it just didn't and hasn't happened with cousins. And when you talk about the numbers, the numbers are just a little bit, I don't want to say fraudulent, but they don't tell the right story when you lead the league in interceptions through like week six and you go one in five, and then you end with 104 quarterback rating. Like, but you know, you kind of dug this giant hole and then you, you know, 
got some numbers against Carolina, that kind of thing. So anyway, well, let, let me, let me ask you this. Cause I've enjoyed the discussion, um, but it, it's your birthday. So I don't want to keep you too long here. Um, but uh, <laughs> my son was yelling in the background. So I'm going, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a podcast right now. I'm sitting there looking over going, mm-hmm. I saw you this. looking at something, but I couldn't, I couldn't hear it. So you're good with the uh, audio. Yeah, yeah, I'm downstairs. Now I can hear my, uh, <laughs> door open. All right, go you're, ahead. You're good. You're good. I was going to ask you this. The, the Browns come to Minnesota at a very key time early yeah. in the season. The Viking schedule gets harder as they go on. Um, I guess how, how do you feel about that matchup sort of seeing from afar what the Vikings have done on defense, knowing that it's two coaches who know each other extremely well. It's kind of the game that I've circled early on in the season. Like I can't wait for this one. Uh, I wonder if you guys feel the same way or if you're, you're looking at Minnesota as just kind of another team. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, I think a lot of fans will look at Minnesota as kind of another team, but then when you look at the history, I think you're right. I think it's, I think there's more on the line for Minnesota than there might be for Cleveland at that time because Mike Zimmer's been in battle now. Uh, depending on how the season starts, you know, I think that becomes a narrative that the Browns come in and win. I think that this is looked at differently now by Vikings fans. Like if, if I'm looking at this from the outside looking in and I may be wrong, uh, I like, I like Mike Zimmer. I'm sure that there's some Vikings fans who don't, but I do. I, I, I like the whole Gary Kubiak thing. I know what, is it his son? Who's now the offensive coordinator? Clint Kubiak. Okay. Yeah. I think it's easy to build narratives. If Cleveland goes in there and beats him, I think it's easy to build narratives going. We had, we kept the wrong guy. I think that's the visceral fan reaction. It turns into, we kept the wrong guy. We're paying the wrong guy. This is a problem. If, if the Browns go in there and lose, oh, you're on the road. That's, that sucks. That's, that's the way she goes. It could be a conversation depending on what leads before that of, are you, cause they got, they got week one, we got Kansas city. Then we're at home. Then we're home again, then Minnesota, then LA. So you can look ahead to, I think you look ahead to the Chargers, then I think you're home against Arizona, if I'm not mistaken, or someone in there. So you can look ahead against the Chargers because a lot of people are picking them as a, uh, as a dark horse. And a lot of people love Justin Herbert. And I, there's, nothing, there's no reason to not like Justin Herbert, honestly. Uh, I think that there, if the season goes off on a wrong foot where you have two straight games at home right after Kansas City where you can win, then you go on the road. You're two and two after that, then there's questions of, you know, have you been figured out? Um, Minnesota, he got beat by his old coach. I think it gives Minnesota fans a little bit of confidence if you win that game, certainly. And then you talked about how tough the rest of the schedule is for the Vikings. You know, I haven't seen it right off the top of my head. I'm not sure. But that could be something where it makes you feel a little bit better. Would make you feel a little bit better about Kirk. Make you feel a little bit better about your offense. Because it, it is a good, potent offense. I think it can be. Uh, that now you can set sail. For us, I think it would – boy, if, if you win two at home like that and you're one and two, you go up to Minnesota and you lose, 
Then you're two and two, and we're kind of, all right, we made it through the first month, but we're not really e. I think you get a couple of people going, what's the problem in Cleveland? You started off two and two. You were so good. So there, there might be some narratives in, in both directions, but I would still say that, you know, Kevin Stefanski's coming off coach of the year. You're just a few weeks into the season. I think there's more at stake for Minnesota. I think there's more at stake for, for, for Mike Zimmer. I, I think that he's been under the gun for a lot of fans there and, and, and maybe ownership. I'm not sure. Uh, you would know better than I, Yeah, yeah. but I think there would be more, more on, more on the table for him. Yep. You're correct in thinking that the other thing is too, it's the new Vikings defense. It's been totally revamped to free agency versus a great offense and a great offensive line in Cleveland. So can you handle them? And that sort of tells you how well you can, it's like a, a barometer there of how well, I was well going to ask you about that. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Cause you get, you got Sheldon back. Mm-hmm. Or you got Sheldon up there and I, I love Sheldon Richardson. He's I, the best. He is, he's a quote. He's a great quote. Uh, he's a thoughtful person. I tell you for some of the problems he had at the beginning of his career, Boy, he's turned into a grand old man now. He's been fantastic. And I didn't even see – what are you guys going to do with this whole Daniil Hunter situation you got there? They reworked his contract. So that's – Already? See, yep. I didn't even pay attention. I'm yep. sorry. Yep. No, you're Okay. Good. Well, there yep. we go. Good. You know better than I do. Thank God. So, when did this so, happen? Uh, just the other day. So Okay. You, just like my original DM here, you probably didn't see it. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. Yeah, he sent me – for your audience, he sent me a damn DM. I'm terrible at the DMs. I'm terrible at the DMs. I'm sorry. Go I didn't ahead. know that. I did not know that about awful. It. I'm awful at that. I'm off Facebook message. I, oh. I friended, I let a bunch of listeners friend me, which is fine. But I, I realized quickly, a lot of them are susceptible to Facebook hacks. <laughs> so I have nothing but thousands of messages. Is this you? And it's like, no, I, I can't. And so I don't even look at them and people yeah. go, you know, I, fr- I Facebook messaged you six months ago and I go, I'm sorry. I, I don't check them. I apologize. I just, Facebook just frightens me. So I just try oh, to, I love Facebook. Oh, really? It's yeah. all oh, bring on. Yes. Bring on the drama, <laughs> bring on the stupidity. You know, people go on oh, Twitter is much better. Now Twitter's Twitter's crazy. Yeah. Twitter's even crazier than Facebook. It's all, it's all to pray. It's all really crazy. Yeah. It's all. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's, it's not good. Uh, anyway, so well, I'm glad that you eventually spotted it and that we got together and we celebrated our birthdays with some football talk. And uh, I hope we could do it again before Vikings and Cleveland Browns. I'll be better off when I find out. I feel bad. I didn't know the Daniil Hunter situation. You said that was the other day, right? Yeah, just the other day. Yeah. I'll clean that up by the time we get together for our, uh, <laughs> All right. our All right. 36th birthday. I, yeah, by then, yeah, right. You'll I need you to know, you know, the the left guard battle and everything else. Like so well, I was just I swear to God, I was gonna ask you about Ezra Cleveland and how that whole thing's working out for you guys. And I like the Darisaw pick and I like the whole deal there. Yeah, very much we'll see on all I know of it. offensive linemen. I'm looking at your deal right, I'm looking at your guys' depth chart right here. I like you. I kind of like some of this offensive line here. It's only whether it can be good right away. They're probably going to start Wyatt Davis. Definitely going to start. Well, I think definitely going to start Christian Darisaw, but we'll see. You know about his daddy, right? Darisaw, he was an actor. Yeah. No, uh, Davis's dad was an actor. Oh, Davis's. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Davis's. Yeah. 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 He was Alvin Mack in the program. <laughs> yeah. 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 Isn't that cool? He, I, don't, yeah. I thought it was cool. Yeah. He talked. Uh, I'm not even a big Ohio that. State. I'm not even, a, I don't even really like Ohio State, but I thought that was really cool. Yeah. He yeah, talked like about that in an interview. Yeah, I like your offensive line. That's good stuff. Yeah, it'll be a good battle. And uh, with Sheldon Richardson, 
Totally agree with your observation. He is a unique cat. I sat down with him for like a half hour for a story two years ago. It's such an interesting guy. The first guy ever to say this to me, we were talking about, you know, you build up your career. We were talking about his early career stuff. And he's like, well, you know, you just, it's just like you reporters. You have to kind of work hard to get where you want to go. And uh, you know, you, you kind of got to keep building on your career. And I was like, wait, you're the first athlete ever who said reporters have to work hard for where they get to go <laughs> you know, to like acknowledge that we're just, they didn't just like pick us out of a crowd. <laughs> I, I think you're, I think you're getting a good one there. He yeah. came here. There was, there was a lot of people who put the mouth on him. They said, you know, I got a quote from a reporter here who talked to somebody and he just was like, man, this is not. And I, I was like, really? He goes, yeah, you're getting a, whatever it was, an eight-year vet, nine-year vet, whatever it is at that time. He goes, you get a nine-year vet and he's going to play like a nine-year vet. It's whatever. And he was really good. He was good. He was yeah. really good for us. Yep. So I was sad to see him. I was sad to see him get cut. I, I wish they could have worked something out. I understand the business of it. He can too. But I thought he was with such terrible defensive line play at times. And I underlined terrible. He was a, he was a very nice spot for them. So I, uh, I wish him well. I really do. I thought he was, he was great to us. And I, I hope that you guys are getting a really, really good one there. And I think he'll, I think that now motivated because he didn't, they said the whole report was the Browns offered him more money. He took less. Well, good. He should have a burr on his ass. And I hope that he, Oh, yeah. he plays well for the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Sheldon, like he'll have those couple games a year where you can't stop him. That's probably against Cleveland would be like, yes, probably. So, yeah, so. probably why, you know, why Taylor's going to have his hands, hands full and, and, uh, Jack Conklin's going to have to make his money and we'll see where that one goes. Yeah. That should be good. So, uh, Ken Carmen, 92, three, the fan, uh, happy birthday, man. Same to you, Matthew. I, I do appreciate <laughs> it. Now, what, what do you do for your birthday? You know, I don't know. I don't know. Um, probably we bought kayaks. So I think we're going to go kayaking. There's 10,000 lakes here at least could be more. Hey, there's plenty of lakes in Ohio. I just like, I, I get on a bass boat like a couple times a year. I'm not going kayaking, man. Yeah, Look at me. That, yeah. Well, I think I fit I, in a kayak. I think, I think they build, you know, I think they build ones that hold larger gentlemen. No <laughs> kayaking. <laughs> just float around oh. out there it's it's safe for me the water generally scares me so i just float around on top on a very calm lake how many how many lakes have the water moccasins in them uh here yeah i, I don't know if there's water moccasins in minnesota is there you have water snakes in minnesota i don't think so i've never you heard of there well that we've got some crazy ass fish that are humongous but i don't know if i, I don't know if snakes like the frozen water i'm gonna you prefer to think sturgeon. that they don't yeah, yeah, you guys have sturgeon, don't you? Yeah, and uh, yeah. muskie are also here and sort of can be a little bit aggressive, I think. Yeah. You have, um, what is it? The You're going to get in territory, I don't know. because I'm not I always want to say guar, like the band, but it's the gar, band. like the gator gar. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I know more about fish in Minnesota than I do to <laughs> Neil Hunter. That's, <laughs> That's ridiculous. Right. Un unforgivable. I'm That's right. We're going to end this and go, go. How did you not pay attention to that? You Sorry. need to get your head out of your ass. Like, I really am. I'm going to be upset about this. Spend your birthday studying NFL depth charts, Ken. There's no other way. <laughs> There's worse ways to spend a birthday, friend. I hope you have a wonderful one yourself. You too. We'll get together again soon. Thanks for your time, buddy. Thank you.